This is the Beer of the Day podcast. From Beer of the Day World Headquarters in Elk Grove, California. This is the Beer of the Day podcast. Tonight's episode, we're calling the Charge of the Light Beer Gade. And on tonight's program, we have lighter beers for whatever style they're featured in. It's a little hard to explain, but uh, I'll try. <laughs> uh, it is your job. Yeah, it's like uh, we have uh, a session barley wine. So instead of being 12, 13%, it's only 8%. Stuff like that. Uh, we also have a strange brew that has catnip in it. Uh, I would say I was looking forward to trying it, but <laughs> actually, I kind of am. It's, it's that weird. I am. I'm Don Seliker. Joining me tonight, Steve Williamson and Jeff Miller. I overtalked the music. I was so excited about the show tonight. How's it going, everybody? Hey, guys. Jeff, you with us? <laughs> Doing well. How are you guys? Good. I'm here. My internet's going out. I have to wait for like the fuzziness to go away. Yeah. Um, okay, well, let's get right into the first beer of the night. We have from Matchless Brewing in Tumwater, Washington. This is the Cros- Crosby Hop Farm Sterling Wet Hop Pilsner. I like that the this beer is from a. a I'm going to guess it's a town, not a city, called Tumwater. Kind of like that name. Tumwater, Washington. I bet they have very little heartburn there. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, we're in the light beer show, and I mean, you you pour this guy in the glass, and it looks like a light beer. I mean, it it looks like we just poured a Bud Light into a cup. It, I mean, it's pretty clear color. There's a slight haze to it, but it's like a deep gold color. Very uh, little the head, head on it, on mine. It looks like um, just the wispy um, remnants of a head that you would see on a Coors Light or what, something like that. What does it smell like to you guys? I smell coriander. Uh, I smell a Budweiser. No, I smell coriander. There, there is uh, def- I initially got that. You get that corn... Um, barley malt type of smell but then um there is some coriander like you're like like you're smelling an allagash white or some uh type of uh belgian ale i'm 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 proud to say i love pilsners and i mean this definitely smells like a pilsner to me i mean it's it smells like i'm about to just dive into a really good pilsner but this is i'm 100 percent certain the first ever wet hop pilsner that any of us have ever had in our lives this is not a style you have like wet hops are used for IPAs, double IPAs to do it in a Pilsner is, is really kind of interesting because Pilsner is not a hoppy beer. Mm-hmm. You know, Pilsners are generally like refreshing and crisp and hot summer day type of beer. Um, to do it in this style is very unique. Yeah. But Sierra Nevada had their hoppy lager a couple years ago. In fact, we got in trouble for featuring that as a beer of the day when it will, you know, it was a, after the fact or whatever, you know, a year later. But um, it, I think this kind of, the style kind of reminds me of that, where you take a, a lager and then pop, pump some hops into it. But fresh hops, obviously, that's, uh, that's 
pretty rare for this style. Yeah. I think on the taste, I get the coriander or some other spices. Um, orange peel. Uh, cardamom. Is that it? what it is? Cardamom? Yeah. Um, but But also the hoppiness, which is not what you normally get from a pilsner. But there's some like pine and... I want to say herbal, but maybe that's the the spice I'm getting. But there's a, a a nice mix of spices and hoppiness. Yeah, it definitely blends together very well. That that pilsner profile, and then you get some of that piney northwest hops in there, and it, it it's a real nice balance. Yeah, it's uh the spiciness is just hard to hard to get around. I mean, they have pumped some big time spice into this. That is, it's good because it, it takes your, your standard lager, which to me doesn't have that much flavor and gives it an extra pizzazz, uh, a little extra something there that, um, you know, is odd to the palate. Um, it's unusual and it really is forcing my beer brain to really keep guessing and keep questioning what it is I'm tasting as opposed to a standard lager where you take a sip and you're like, okay, yeah, lager, got it. But do you like it? I like it. I wouldn't uh, go order a second pint of it at the bar. Steve? Yeah, this is definitely what I'm ordering pints of at the bar. I mean, I'm, I'm sitting there, you know, eating a steak or whatever. This is what I want to come <laughs> in with my dinner. I mean, I want. I don't want the big heavy beers. I want something crisp and, and light like this. And it, I mean, it is, it's super easy drinker. But I like that you get some of that pine or in earth out of it to give it a little something different. A couple steps in, I'm getting like um, some type of cereal too. It's like um, the grainy cerealness, but then there's also some yeah, type yeah. of fruity pebbles or uh, Captain Crunch berries or something. Well, there's a little more sugar in here than there's going to be for a, for a domestic because, I mean, it, it is almost 6% alcohol. I mean, there is something in here that there's going to be some sweetness ramped up. Yeah, there there was a um, beer from Missouri, Jeff. The 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 floral one. Yeah, from uh, Baroque. Yeah, the two D lily type of lily ale. Lily ale, yes. Was that it? Yeah, it, this isn't as um, extreme as that, but I do get some common flavors, um, kind of floral uh, and spicy all at the same time. Quite an interesting beer to start I, out with. I like this beer. I get, I get the cereal. I get the. Um, I think that that transforms into the mouthfeel where it's a little bit powdery. Maybe that's the, like the dry cereal texture that I get. I get like a powdery mouthfeel. Um, but I think the flavor that stands out to me is coriander, but also some like white pepper. The spices. It's it's there. I like this. It's unique. It's sort of multifaceted. Uh, it's an interesting pilsner, very, very different from what we're used to. Yeah, and there is that little bit of hoppiness in the aftertaste, which is refreshing also. You don't get that. A lot of the sweetness of this beer and the, the spices and stuff override the fact that there is that wet hop hoppiness there uh, as a kind of the base in the background and towards the aftertaste of the beer, and that shouldn't be overlooked. That was a great way you put it, Jeff. Uh, powdery. That was a, a you put your finger on it right there. That was the perfect way to describe this. Well, thank you. Don't let it go to your head. <laughs> <laughs>
And now let's get into the beer news of the day. I have from the Brewers Association the 50 fastest growing breweries of 2017. Some surprises here. The fact that number two on this list is Goat House Brewing Company in Lincoln, California. You have been there, right, Jeff? I have been there, and there are goats, and there were more goats than people, from what I recall. (laughs) This place is in the middle of nowhere. It's a they have a tasting room in like this barn, um, but it is a very, very small brewery. They probably had maybe 10 different beers to try, but there are definitely more goats than people there, and <laughs> calling it Goat House Brewing Company is like the perfect name for it. Um, are there goats at the brewery? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of them. I, I mean, our former participant, Andy Hamilton, is the one who took me there, and their beers were good from what I recall, but just it, not too many people. Yeah, but fast fifty fastest growing breweries. Number two. Number two on the list. Um let's let me look through the list here and see if I see any other ones that I recognize. Uh Melvin number forty six. Melvin number forty six. We've, we've done done a lot of those. We featured a beer uh two weeks ago on this show, which was a collaboration, and we have another collaboration tonight. On the last beer of the night, the Space Ghost is a collaboration with Ecliptic Brewing and Melvin. So. We've got another one of our local guys here, number 37, Device. Device right here in Sacramento. Um, they've been around a while, but they're starting, I think maybe they're under new ownership or they have a new investors or something, but they've changed their uh, dynamic a little bit and they're you're starting to see them more and more on the list of uh, up-and-comers. And we've done uh, a couple Lupulins on the show, I think, right? Number 29. Lupulin, I mean, that's like the word for hoppy. Yeah. And, I, and I don't think we've actually had them from, uh, like we had Lupulin River from Knee Deep is the, is the beer. But uh, I don't think we've had that beer in from Minnesota. We have had Frost Beer Works. I don't know on a podcast, but you know, we made a trip to Vermont and we didn't actually go to Frost Beer Works when we were there. But subsequent to that trip, we had some shipped to us, and we've had at least two beers from Frost Beer Works, which were very tasty Northeast-style IPAs. Yeah. Have you uh, been to Novo Brazil Brewing Company, Chula Vista? I have not been there, but that's that's very popular right now. I've had several of their beers. Um, They're sort of making inroads into the craft beer world across the U.S., and uh, they make great beer, so that's it makes sense that it's on this list. I, I see their beer a lot these days, Novo Brazil. Mm-hmm. Something that surprises me a little bit about the map here is just the entire, all of America is covered here on this on this map on the printout. I mean, you go all the way across from East Coast through Central to West Coast. I mean, it's hard to find any barren spots on here. I mean, it's it's pretty much countrywide that these craft breweries are popping up. Yeah, but um, nothing. It makes is, me question. The it makes me question it. sort of what it makes me question what's sort of going on because it's a very valid point. If you look at like the fastest growing breweries, it's really like a little bit of every state, which mm-hmm. seems a little odd. 
you think maybe the the people who did this wanted to include everybody or just that uh you would expect it to be more in the beer hot spots it just it just looks on a map like it's the one fastest growing beer brewery in every state almost Mm -hmm. i mean not quite but it's so spread out across the whole country maybe that is true but it's not what i would expect yeah well, one state that is not represented on this list is South Carolina, uh, but it just so happens that we our next beer is from South Carolina, from Carolina Bauerhaus Ales. This is the Source Series APIs Blonde Ale. Now, we have been doing Beer of the Day for three and a half years now, every single day for three and a half years. We've never had a beer from South Carolina on featured as the beer of the day. We've never had one on this podcast. This is the first time, huh? 89th episode. I can't I can't tell you how many beers there have been, but there have been a lot. I wish I would have looked it up beforehand. <laughs> Let's just throw but, a number out. 2.34 million beers. Somewhere. That is a number. I'll say that. But three and a half years, we're pushing over a thousand beers, and we have 50 states, so... You would have thought it would have come up earlier, but it did not. Right. And there's some states where they've had like backwards, backwoods laws that have prevented craft breweries from from coming up. And they've finally are starting to come around. Like we had our first Alabama beer uh, a couple weeks ago, a month ago uh, on the South, the Southern show. And um, and now we got a South Carolina beer. So looking forward to trying it. We've even heard from our friends in places like Michigan and Ohio who comment a lot on on the beers, uh, you know, their regulations they have for ABV and, and that sort of thing, how hard it is to get a liquor license to brew and all that. So, yeah, there's a lot to that point. Yeah, there is. Excellent, excellent color on this beer. Sort of a golden straw color. Lots of, at least in my glass, like very active carbonation bubbles. Uh, a thin head, but a lot of activity going on. Ours is a little less activity as far as like active carbonation, but um, just a slight cloudiness. It's not a hazy beer, but it's I can't really see my finger through it. I can see a shadow through it. I like the aroma. Smell-wise, I'm getting a little uh, sourness out of this. It, it kind of smells like a sour... Um, what kind of style is this? I thought it was a blonde ale. They called it golden ale with honey on the bottle. Okay, so it's like some type of mead type of uh, style. Maybe a little farmhouse aspect to it. Maybe a little funk going on here. Yeah, it's going to be like a Belgian style. Um, I haven't had a sip yet, but the first thing I thought of was our trip to Minnesota when we went to Fair State Brewing Co-op and a couple of beers we had there that have this exact same aroma it's like the a little bit of the belgian yeast little fruit a little funk little little brett, little brett little brett little malt um but a little sour funkiness definitely yeah so i and i get that on the taste but it's a balanced sourness to the point where it's not even super sour or anything um it's just a little bit of that uh sour characteristic or that you would get in a sour beer they were talking on the label about how they add um, local honey into the into the brew, mm-hmm. and I think you can you can totally taste that. It, it tastes like a sour beer they made and then added honey into it, so it's like a sour that they then sweetened up, and I think that comes through on the taste to me. 
I get a good uh, amount of fruit on this too. I'm trying to figure out exactly what they are. First two things that came to mind would be apple and pear. Yeah. But like green apple, it, it's, yeah. there's a tartness to it. And, um, and the pear too, it's not a super sweet pear. It's more of a green type of pear. Yeah, those, right. those definitely resonate with me, but I also get a lot of floral notes. I get a lot of kind of like your, uh, maybe even it's the aroma, kind of like you're walking through a walking through a garden, you kind of get hit with some of that pollen and, and floral notes that you're that you would get from that. Yeah, definitely. But I think the like when you're smelling fresh flowers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like you're walking through a garden. Um, the seven point eight percent is pretty. Pretty hidden though. That's, it's that's I, I don't. I don't I forgot about that until that. you just said that. Yeah, this this could be a three percent beer when you're drinking it. It says yeah. on the bottle seven point eight percent, and that surprises me immensely. Yeah, definitely. But maybe it's because of the honey. That I would guess it was less four to five percent. I think the honey sweetness sort of makes your palate not realize how much alcohol is really there. Yeah, it does. I was I was kind of thinking that. You know, this isn't. This probably isn't the beer drinkers' beer, but being the light beer show, th- this beer would probably be like one of our strange brews on a lot of other episodes. I mean, it has a lot of interesting flavors going on, but it's it's thin and it's it's light bodied. Of course, is what you're going to expect on the light beer show. Um, it's something that's unique. It's something that is worth a try, but hardcore beer drinkers probably aren't going to gravitate towards something like this. I like this beer a lot, actually. I. It's light in in body, but I like the seven point eight percent alcohol. Uh, in addition to the apple and pear flavors that I mentioned earlier, I also get some white grape. Um, I just think it's really high quality, and every sip of this, it's it is not some mediocre beer. This is a really phenomenal brewery. I'm guessing we've never been to South Carolina breweries, but this is excellent. I like that you said white grape because I was I was just thinking that we've had a few beers before on the show that were done in like Chardonnay barrels, like aged in there, and it kind of has some of that, some of that aged flavor to it. Where if, if you know, I could see this being aged in a Chardonnay barrel, and it has some of that profile. Yeah, I think this is a. It, it has that funky sourness type of thing going on, but it's reserved and it kind of paired with this blonde ale, and you get this honey sweetness, and you get the the local flora and local honey and like the honeysuckle type thing. Um, very interesting, unique beer and I'm glad we got to try it. I agree. I like it a lot. And that concludes the first half of the show. When we come back, we have Kitty Cat Blues, our strange brew with catnip in it. Plus comments from the listeners and a session barley wine ale from Ecliptic Brewing and Melvin. All that when we come back. This is the Beer of the Day podcast. If you like this program and would like to help us out, you can do so by shopping on Amazon through the Beer of the Day website. If you go to beeroftheday.com, on the right-hand side, there's a little banner that says Shop on Amazon. You click that, you do your regular shopping, you buy soap, deodorant, dog food, podcasting equipment, dog water bowls, dog clippers, 
Um, anything related to dogs or animals. Is that everything you bought today, though? Yeah, actually. <laughs> I bought all that stuff this week. Um, and I did so by clicking through the Beer of the Day link. So even though I spent a bunch of money on all that stuff, we actually, Beer of the Day actually made 4% or so, 4 or 5% back on what I spent. So I was helping us buy beer by shopping for my dog on Amazon. And you guys can all do the same thing and help us buy the beer here for Beer of the Day. Um, also, rate and review us on iTunes. If you haven't done that already, and trust me, I know that you haven't, go ahead and do that. It helps us move up the rankings, find new listeners. Let's get back to the show. Welcome back to the Beer of the Day podcast. This is our Strange Brew segment. If you've never heard this before, and where have you been the last 89 episodes? <laughs> um, this is where we find the strangest beer that we can find that fits the theme. I don't know that this beer really fits the theme, but it is only 5.5%, and it is strange. It definitely fits the theme because there's catnip in here, so it's strange. Yeah, well, that makes it strange for sure. I don't know that we've ever had a beer with catnip in it. I don't think I've ever had catnip. I don't think I know what flavor catnip adds to a beer. So we're going to find all of that out right now. This is from Black Raven Brewing Company, Redmond, Washington. My biggest concern is that we try this and I go, maybe all beers have catnip. Maybe that's the flavor we haven't been able to describe the whole time we've been drinking beers. So it's a little bit darker in color, like a pale amber, mm-hmm. but nice, really nice clear. Yeah. Very clear. The head is pretty thin. Yeah. I like beers that are this, it's such a high degree of clarity. You can see every last little bubble in the head. Um, not super thick, but it is. Uh, How about that aroma? It, it's got a lot of different smells, but it's not very overpowering to me. I mean, I you know, it's not one when we opened it. I was like it was blasted by the smell, but, but there it, is it, a lot going on. It's hard very, to very put your finger on it. I get uh, I a get ton of blueberry. Blueberry is my primary smell. Yeah. But then there's some spicy something else there that I, I can't quite identify. I mean, I get some of those um, almost like pumpkin beers. Like you get some of that uh, baking, you know, cinnamon. Uh, yeah. Jeff mentioned coriander earlier, but some of those more fall beer characteristics. And I, I don't know what catnip smells like, <laughs> so maybe that's it. But but, but we're kind of smelling cat food, aren't we? <laughs> well, like, no, but it smells really good. Yeah. I I enjoy this aroma. But like somewhere in the background, of mine we're like it smells like wet cat food in here. <laughs> like we know it's in there. We know it's in there, but it plays a psychological game on you. So on the taste, it's fruity. Mm-hmm. I get mostly blueberry. Yeah. Blueberry uh, is real, real forward in it. And it's fruity. I uh, I like the taste. I don't, I, I don't know what to expect from catnip. I don't know what that smells or tastes like, but I don't really sense much of that. And it has vanilla bean. 
I, I don't know if I get that. I just get predominantly blueberry. I do get yeah, a lot of blueberry up front, but then I get the vanilla in the aftertaste. Yeah, definitely. I I get both of those. I get vanilla and blueberry. Uh, Jeff, I mean, get a few more big sips in there, and I I think I mean to me it's almost even like, I mean, you, you can taste the difference when you have ice cream. You have like the French vanilla and vanilla bean. I mean, vanilla bean has a very distinct taste, and I it's easy to pick up. I think right, but also like cream soda has a vanilla taste, and I get a lot of cream soda in yeah. the aftertaste of this. Is it like vanilla sticks? Yeah. Do you guys get that? Yeah. I think it's really good. I think it's actually really well balanced. I mean, you know, the, the first thing on the first sip that I think we all got Jeff mentioned was it was very fruit forward. But I think getting into this beer, I mean, I think it's mellowed out a lot and it's real, real balanced. It is. Um, the catnip, it makes you a little bit wary of the beer. Um, I can say that I don't taste anything weird that I haven't tasted in a beer before. So I, I think that that's more gimmick than anything. I, I bet if it was just regular catnip, it we'd probably be disgusting. But this is organic, mountain-grown catnip. So <laughs> it's the good stuff. It's the good stuff. You, you know, your comment about being it being organic makes me think of going back to the blueberries. What I I like this beer, and the flavor I get though is a very natural blueberry flavor it is not synthetic or artificial and a lot of like fruity beers have that artificial taste but this is not the case this Mm -hmm. tastes like a very natural organic blueberry taste to me it's like you ate a handful of blueberries just as a snack and then you had a sip of beer afterwards and then those flavors are kind of mixing together in your mouth yeah it's not your classic beer flavor by any means but it's pretty tasty i mean this is not bad. It's better than I expected. It's interesting. I'll give it that. Incoming transmission. You've got mail. Comments this week. Um, a week or two ago, we featured a beer called Three Monkeys American Pale Ale from Three Monkeys Brewing Company. And Michael Tate responded on Facebook. He said, thanks so much. We appreciate your thoughts. They mean the world to us. We are always looking for ways to improve our brews and bring you the absolute best quality in the category. Hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. Just damn good beer. Join the monkey nation. Cheers. And he gives a link to 3monkeysbrewing.com slash store. So he's getting a little promotion of his brand in. Um, he is the founder of Three Monkeys and CEO, um, but it's good that he saw us feature his beer and uh, that he commented on our Facebook page. Michael, if you ever want to come on the podcast and, and tell us about Three Monkeys, let us know. Yeah, we'd love to have you on. Yeah, and then Martin Colon said uh, for Kentucky Breakfast Stout KBS from Founders, he says, one of my all-time favorite BBA stouts, balanced and flavorful. Um, couldn't agree more. That That's a, just a solid go-to standard. If you have comments and you want to send them to us, you can send them to us at feedback at beeroftheday.com. That's our email address, feedback at beeroftheday.com. At the bottom of every page on Beer of the Day, every beer, every, every page there is, there is a comment section. You leave your comment there. We'll read it on this show. Um, We're also on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can leave your comments there as well. 
At the end of the show, uh, in the outro, I will give you the exact addresses for each of those three. Okay, let's get into the final beer of the night. We have Space Ghost. This is a what they call a Session Barley Wine Ale, 8% from Ecliptic Brewing in collaboration with Melvin Brewing. Ecliptic is in Portland, Oregon. Last week we had another Melvin collaboration beer, and it seemed that Melvin was, was pretty influenced by Rheingeist two weeks ago, so we'll see how this one goes. Yeah, now this is... That that one was Melvin's packaging. They 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 produced it, canned it, released it. This one is Ecliptic is doing the releasing, and um, and Melvin is the collaborator. It's another one of these beers I like in terms of the label. I mean, just a great great label. The two astronauts flying around, cheersing in space. It's pretty cool. Very good label. Um, so let's talk about the style. Barley wines in general, for me personally, are too boozy, too alcoholic. I don't order them much. I don't enjoy them much. And it's just not my cup of tea. Um, It's just kind of a style that's over the top. So I'm hoping that a session barley wine ale, only 8%. Uh, will be more up my alley. Let's see how that goes. And you can tell right away from the pour. I mean, this is not your typical barley wine. I mean, they're typically real dark and, and malty looking. This looks like a Pilsner when you pour it. I mean, gold, see-through, kind of a light head on there. Mm-hmm. For sure. Mine has a pretty thick head. Well, maybe like one finger of head. Very foamy. But this is, again, a style that... I don't know that I've ever had. I've never had a sessionable barley wine. I didn't know that it existed before this beer. Now, on the smell, it doesn't smell like a barley wine. It smells like maybe what I would call an imperial blonde, something like that, where it's like a a blonde ale with a higher alcohol, so they up the alcohol, up the sugar, and uh, so I don't know the, the distinction between what makes a barley wine. Um, generally, for me, that's a more robust, malty, sweet, but um, but alcoholic type of uh, flavor. And this one doesn't seem to even be in the same ballpark as that. I uh, I was in San Jose a couple weeks ago at uh, Britannia Arms, and they're a, a pub down there, and they they have great craft beer selection. They uh, they have these big hundred ounce I forget what they call them, but basically it's this huge tube of beer that you can order. And uh, I was with several people to go to a Sharks hockey game, and we uh, we got one of those when I mean, they had the Space Ghost. So I kind of get to cheat a little. I tried it a few weeks ago, but I'm curious to see what uh, what Dal and Jeff think of it. I really like it. Um, I wouldn't call it a barley wine. It just doesn't have that kick you in the teeth characteristic to it. This is a, I put it in maybe like a triple IPA type of category. It's quite hoppy. Um quite malty also so it's like high on bitterness high on sweetness it's not super alcoholic but it's definitely there you can taste the alcohol maybe you go back to what i said about imperial blonde you know it's kind of in that vein um i'm not getting anything that screams barley wine if you just gave this to me i wouldn't say it was a barley wine so by sessionable barley wine what they're really saying is it's not a barley wine. <laughs> I agree with Dallas. As you said, 
what you just said, I wrote down that it's really hoppy and really malty, which is, you know, what you want. You want that balance. I think there's a pretty high sweetness. At, at first, I thought it was pretty mild, but then it seems to get a little bit more in the intensity of the sweetness. I like the beer a lot. It's, it's hard to describe. It's a, It's still a sipper. At 8%, I mean, this is something I want to sit down and like watch a, a dramatic TV show and share this bottle with a friend. But it, I like the I like the flavor. It's good. It's hard to describe, though. It's not like most beers that I drink on a regular basis. I think you guys saying that it plays up more towards the IPA style. It resonates with me because it. I, I mentioned, I've commented several times before that when I drink a, a real hoppy IPA, the first thing I get, even off the aroma and the flavor, is like a soapy taste, and I get that on this. It has that kind of IPA soapiness to it, um, and I pick up on a lot of that. I think you're right. That mouthfeel is the dry, soapy, and soapy not in a bad way. Like, you know, when I was a kid, I used to get my mouth washed out with soap when I would curse. Quite often, it's not actually. like that. Yeah, yeah, all the time. <laughs> it is not like that. It's like a pleasant soapiness. <laughs> It's not a fruity beer. There's, I get zero fruit flavors, um, but it's just like a. I don't know what the hop flavors are. It, it it seems hoppy, but I can't describe the hops. Where do you put it in relation to the beer from two weeks ago? The uh, patterns double IPA. I thought the patterns more, more robust than that. I thought the patterns uh, was very fruity in terms of tropical fruit. Mm-hmm. This has, I, I just can't describe the fruit flavor. It's it's hoppy, but I can't pick out individual fruits. This, to me, they're on totally different spectrums. I mean, the, that Patterns was was sweet and juicy and northeastern. This is more dry and earthy and, and northwestern, more of like a mosaic kind of hop is what I get out of it. Mm, that's a good point. I, I do get the mosaic. That's I like that. I think it is a barley wine, though. I think it's a... I mean, like, when Session IPAs came out, we thought they were ridiculous. They had no flavor. They lacked the mouthfeel, the body. But this is kind of a a lighter barley wine, but it's still very drinkable and good and flavorful. If you don't want the intensity of a full-on barley wine, this is a pretty good trade-off. To me, it's... um... It's more of an IPA than a barley wine. I don't get the barley wine characteristics. I get a, a triple IPA, a light triple IPA type of thing. So I think that they are utilizing a style that no one's ever heard of before and t- calling a beer that in hopes that it will catch on, use, develop some type of popularity. Now, that being said... Um, the fact that I'm trying to see how this is a barley wine and it's not to me is detracting from the fact that this is just pretty good all around beer. If you're saying that this is a, just a standard hoppy uh, blonde ale, right? Say that we'll just call it that. Um, then I think it's, it's a fine beer. Uh, I wouldn't have any problem with that. It's just that as I'm trying to compare this to other traditional barley wines, it's not, it's not on the same page as a session IPA is to a regular IPA where a session IPA sometimes are hoppier than a real IPA. 
So you're getting all the same characteristics, but just low alcohol and uh, less balance is what it ends up being with the Session IPA. You're you're touching on something that's always irked me a little bit uh, when I drink beer of the lack of uniformity in the craft beer world. Uh, Two weeks ago on the show, you mentioned like, how a session IPA should be 6% and an IPA should be 7 and a double 8 and a triple 9 and that there isn't any real standard scale of what makes a beer a specific type of beer. And I think this this beer here specifically is the perfect example of that, that they can call it whatever they want to. They're the brewer, they're the ones who crafted it, and they can, they can say what it is. But when we drink it, we're trying to find uh, exactly what it, how it resonates with us when we drink it. And that might, to some extent, detract from the 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 vet the how much we like the beer even though it's a good beer we're trying to drink it as a barley wine as opposed to just drinking it for a pretty good beer that's true it's a very good point all right well let's uh recap the beers we've had tonight steve and we'll figure out what our favorite beer of the day is all right so we ran through four beers on the show first up was out of tumwater washington somewhere jeff's gonna retire to uh matchless brewing crosby hop sterling wet hop pilsner we moved over to Anderson, South Carolina, Carolina Bauerhaus Ales, Source Series API Blonde Ale, then to Redmond, Washington for Black Ravens Kitty Cat Blues, our uh, Strange Brew, and then to Portland, Oregon for Ecliptic and Melvin's combination on Space Ghost. All right, I'm going to spin the wheel. We'll see who goes first today. Did it, did it get stuck? There's something in the in the wheel there. You need to you need to pop that out of there. Oh, hold on, hold on. <laughs> there we go. There it is. All right, spin it again. All right, here we go. Right. Steve is first tonight. <laughs> you know. It's kind of ironic. I was here for the show two weeks ago, and I don't love IPAs, and I loved all those beers. I typically love light beers. I didn't love all these beers. Oh, uh, you're evolving. Yeah, I, I think I am. I hate to say it. I think I'm, I'm becoming an IPA guy. Uh, but, you know, tonight, one of my all-time favorite styles, something I, I've always enjoyed is Pilsner's and that Crosby Hop Pilsner. I mean, it was a really, really well-crafted Pilsner. Had a lot of good flavor in there. I could drink that anytime. Uh, it was definitely my favorite show today. The Crosby Hop from Tumwater Matchless Brewing. Jeffrey. So interestingly enough tonight, I rated every single beer exactly the same. Uh, on our website, you can rate the beers from one to five. I rated every one of these beers a four, which is pretty high, well above average. I thought all the beers were were good. Uh, the one I am going to go with for my beer of the day is the Kitty Cat Blues, mm. our Strange Brew. Um, I, I just I like the natural fruity flavor of that beer. The blueberries, that's one I would like to sit down and sip and enjoy. If I had to have one of these beers two, three times, that's one I'm going to go back to. And they were all interesting, not uh, beers we typically drink on a daily basis. I mean, we had a wet hop Pilsner, a golden ale with honey, a session barley wine. 
but that kitty cat blues was the most interesting and probably my favorite of the night. Yeah, that's that was an interesting one, and I almost picked it. Um, I am going to choose the Crosby Hop Farm Sterling Wet Hop Pilsner. That beer to me was a different take on the Pilsner style. So it was a a Pilsner beer, but there was a lot more to it than um, what you would normally expect. And there was that hoppiness in the background and a lot of those floral type of elements um, right up front. And it was a beer where it wasn't what I expected. I expected a beer that was a, a Pilsner with some hops in it at the end, right? I ended up getting a whole lot more than I, I bargained for, and it was surprising, and I was glad that I got to try that. Kitty Cat Blues and the Source Series Blonde, both very different beers, very odd, uh, or not what you would expect. And then the the Barley Wine, Session Barley Wine, was also completely different than you uh, it wasn't what I expected either. So there was a lot of surprises tonight. Very difficult for me to figure out what my favorite one was. All right, that's going to close out the Charge of the Light Beer Gate. I was pretty proud of that title. All right, we're going to see you in a couple weeks uh, with our next program. I think Britton and Joel are coming in here for a stout show. So looking forward to that. Um, if you want to follow us on Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash beer of the, the beer of the day. We're on Instagram at beer of the day site, and we're on Twitter at beer of the day. So follow us on all of those. And remember to send us your feedback, feedback at beer of the day.com or leave it on any page on the website. We'll see you on our next program. Thanks for listening. For Steve Williamson and Jeff Miller, I'm Dallas Helliker. This has been the Beer of the Day podcast. <laughs> <laughs>